Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Gumdrop Readers, the podcast where I read books to young kids. Um, today we'll be reading Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss, and let's just get right into it. On the 15th of May, in the jungle of Newell, in the heat of the day, in the cool of the pool, he was splashing, enjoying the jungle's great joys, when Horton the elephant heard a small noise. So Horton stopped splashing, and he looked towards the sound. That's funny, thought Horton. There's no one around. Then he heard it again, just a very faint yelp, as if some tiny person were calling for help. I'll help you, says Horton, but who are you and where? He looked and he looked, but he could see nothing there, but a small speck of dust blowing past through the air. I say, murmured Horton, I've never heard tell of a small speck of dust that is able to yell. So you know what I think? Well, I think that there must be someone on top of that small speck of dust, some sort of creature of a very small size, too small to be seen by an elephant's eyes. Some poor little person who's shaking with fear that he'll blow into the pool. He has no way to steer. I'll have to just save him because, after all, a person's a person, no matter how small. So gently and using the greatest of care, the elephant stretched his great trunk through the air. As he lifted the dust speck and carried it over and placed it down safe on a very soft clover. Humph, humphed a voice. "'Twas the sour kangaroo, and the young kangaroo in her pouch said, "'Humph, too. "'Why, that speck is as small as the head of a pin. "'A person on that? Why, there never has been!' "'Believe me,' says Horton, "'I'll tell you sincerely. "'My ears are quite keen, and I heard them quite clearly. "'I know there's a person down there, and what's more, "'quite likely there's two, even three, even four. "'Quite likely a family, for that's all we know. "'A family with children just starting to grow.' So please, Horton said, as a favor to me, try not to disturb them. Just please let them be. I think you're a fool, laughed the sour kangaroo, and the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me too. You're the biggest blind fool in the jungle of Newell, and the kangaroos plunged into the cool of the pool. What a terrible splashing, the elephant, elephant frowned. I can't let my very small persons get drowned. I've got to protect them. I'm bigger than they. So he plucked up the clover and hustled away. Through the high jungle tree tops, the news quickly spread. He talks to a dust speck. He's out of his head. Just look at him walk with that speck on the flower. And Horton walked, worrying, almost an hour. Should I put the speck down? Horton thought with alarm. If I do, these small persons may come to great harm. I can't put it down, and I won't, after all. A person's a person, no matter how small. Then Horton stopped walking. The speck voice was talking. The voice was so faint, he could barely hear it. Speak up, please, said Horton. He put his ear near it. My friend, came the voice. You're a very fine friend. You've helped us all folks on this dust speck no end. You saved all our houses, our ceilings, and floors. You saved all our churches and grocery stores. You mean, Horton gasped, you've been building theirs too? Oh, yes piped the voice. We most certainly do. I know, called the voice. I'm too small to be seen, but I'm mayor of a town, and that is friendly and clean. Our buildings to you would seem terribly small, but to us who aren't big, they're wonderfully tall. My town is called Whoville, for I am a who, and the we who's are all thankful and grateful to you. And Horton called back to the mayor of the town. You're safe now. Don't worry. I won't let you down.
But just as he spoke, the mayor of the speck. Three big jungle monkeys climbed up Horton's neck. The Wickersham brothers came shouting, What rot? These elephants talking to who's? Who are not? These aren't any who's, and they don't have a mayor. And we're going to stop all this nonsense. So there. They snatched Horton's clover. They carried it off to the black-bottomed eagle named Vlad Vladikov. A mighty strong eagle with very swift wings. And they said, will you kindly get rid of this thing? And before the poor elephant could even speak, the eagle flew off with a flower in its beak. All that late afternoon and far into the night, the black-bottomed bird flapped its wings in fast flight. While Horton chased after with groans over stones, he tattered his toenails and battered his bones, and begged, "Please don't come! Please don't harm all my little folks who, and who have as much right to live, as us bigger folks do." But far, far beyond him, the eagle kept flapping, and over his shoulder called back, "Quit your yapping! I'll fly through the night. I am a bird. I don't mind it. I'll hide this tomorrow, while well, you'll never find it." And at six fifty-six the next morning, he did. It sure was a terrible place that he hid it. He let that small clover drop somewhere inside of a great patch of clovers a hundred miles wide. Find that, sneered the bird, but I think you will fail. And he left with a flip of his black bottom tail. I'll find it, cried Horton. I'll find it or bust. I shall find my friends on my small speck of dust. And clover by clover, by clover with care, he picked up and searched them and called, Are you there? By clover, by clover, by clover he found that no one that he sought for was just not around. And by noon, poor old Horton, more dead than alive, had picked, searched, and piled up nine thousand and five. Then on through the afternoon, hour after hour, till he found them at last on the three millionth flower. My friends, cried the elephant, tell me, do tell, are you safe? Are you sound? Are you whole? Are you well? From down on the speck came the voice of the mare. We've really had trouble, much more than our share. When that black-bottomed birdie let go and we dropped, we landed so hard that our clocks have all stopped. Our teapots have broken, our rocking chairs smashed, and our bicycle tires all blew up when we crashed. So Horton, please, pleaded the voice of the mare, will you stick by us who's while we're making repairs? Of course, Horton answered. Of course I will stick. I'll stick by you small folks through thin and through thick. Humph, humped a voice. For almost two days you've run wild and insisted on chatting with persons who've never existed. Such carry-ons in our peaceable jungle. We've had quite enough of your bellowing bungle. I am here to state, snapped the big kangaroo, that your silly nonsense game is all through. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me too. With the help of the Wickersham brothers and dozens of Wickersham uncles and Wickersham cousins and Wickersham in-laws whose help I've enraged, engaged, you're going to be roped and you'll go to be caged. And as for your dust bag, ha, that we shall boil in a hot steaming kettle of bezel nut oil. Boil it, gasped Horton. Oh, that you can't do. It's full of persons. They'll prove it to you. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Horton called. Mr. Mayor, you've got to prove now that you really are there. So call a big meeting. Get everyone out. Make every who holler. Make every who shout. Make every who scream. And if you don't, every who is going to end up in a bezel nut stew. 
And down on the desk back, the scared little mare, quick came, quick called a big meeting in Whoville Town Square. All, all his people cried loudly. They cried out in fear. We are here! We are here! We are here! We are here! The elephant smiled. That was clear as a bell. Your kangaroo surely heard that very well. All I heard, snapped the big kangaroo, was the breeze and the faint sound of wind through the far distant trees. I heard no small voices, and you didn't either. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me neither. Grab him, they shouted, and cage the big dope. Lasso his stomach with ten miles of rope. Tie the knots tight so he'll never shake loose. Then dunk that dumb speck in the beetle nut juice. Horton fought back with great vigor and vim, but the Wickersham gang was too many for him. They beat him, they mauled him, they started to haul him into his cage, but he managed to call to the mare. Don't give up. I believe in you all. A person's a person, no matter how small. And you very small persons will not have to die if you make yourself heard. So come on now and try. The mayor grabbed a tom-tom. He started to smack it. And all over Whoville, they whooped up a racket. They rattled tin kettles. They beat on brass pans, on garbage pails, hops, and old cranberry cans. They blew on bazookas and blasted grape toots, on clarinets, oomphas, and boomphas, and flutes. Great gusts of loud racket rang high through the air. They rattled and shook the whole sky, and the mare called up through the howl, mad hullabaloo. Hey, Horton, how's this? Is our sound coming through? And Horton called back, I can hear you just fine, but the kangaroo's ears aren't as quite as strong as mine. They don't hear a thing. Are you sure all your boys are doing their best, and are they all making noise? Are you sure every who down in Whoville is working? Quick, look through your town. Is there anyone shirking? Through the town rushed the mare for the east to the west, but everyone seemed to be doing his best. Everyone seemed to be yapping or yipping. Everyone seemed to be beeping or bipping. But it wasn't enough, all this ruckus and roar. He had to find someone to help him make more. He raced through each building. He searched floor to floor. And just as he felt he was getting nowhere and almost about to give up in despair, he suddenly burst through the door, and that mare discovered one shrieker quite hidden away in the Fairfax Apartments, apartment 2J. A very small, very small shrieker named Jojo was standing, just standing, and bouncing a yo-yo, not making a sound, not a yip, not a chirp. And the mayor rushed inside, and he grabbed the young twerp. And he climbed with the lad up the Eiffelberg Tower. This, cried the mayor, is your town's darkest hour. It's time for all who's who have blood that is red to come aid in their country, he said. We've got to make some noise in greater amounts. So open your mouth, lad. Every voice counts. But he spoke as he climbed, then they got to the top. The lad cleared his shout. The lad cleared its throat and he shouted out, Yop! And that yop, that one small extra yop, put it over. Finally, at last, from that speck on the clover, their voices were heard. They land out clear they rang out here clear and clean. And the elephant smiled. Do you see what I mean? They proved they are persons, no matter how small, and their whole world was saved by the smallest of all. How true, yes, how true, said the big kangaroo. And from now on, you know what I'm planning to do? From now on, I'm going to protect them with you. And so the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me too. 
from the sun in the summer, from rain when it's fallish, I'm going to pre- protect them, no matter how smallish. Well, that was Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, this was a fun book for me to read because when I was seven, I actually acted the show of this book. So it was fun to bring back some memories. Anyways, if you want to contact me, you can do so at gumdropreaders at gmail.com. That's G-U-M-D-R-O-P-R-E-A-D-E-R-S at gmail.com. So you can uh, send in a book recommendation, a book suggestion, anything you want me to read on the show, or just to say hi. I would love that. So uh, I'll see you next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening today.